Heath, you deserve a break. An all-star break. You know, there's a reason Adam does these and not me. Uh, welcome to the first show of the all-star break. Heath, how was your weekend? My weekend was outstanding. You were telling me that I deserve a break. Yeah. But I'm here with you. That's far from Come a break. On. Okay. That okay. is far from a break. That's fair. Adam's actually the one on a break. Congratulations to Adam. Getting married on Saturday. There was a... If you follow Jamie Eisenberg on Twitter, there were some some pretty great tweets about the wedding. Uh, there was a a whole list of bets. Did you see this? Yes. That was pretty... Uh, did you bet on any of them? I did not place any wagers. Nando put out a list of <laughs> several wagers based on how many times Adam would cry. I did see something about where they threw the groom and Nando <laughs> caught him. There was a lot made also on the responses to these tweets. Like I didn't get tagged in any of the tweets, obviously, yeah. because I wasn't invited. <laughs> I got tagged in a lot of replies to the tweets. People thought it was very funny that I didn't get invited. That's mean. I don't know. I was. It's mean, mean on the people who thought it was funny. Right. It's fine to not invite someone to your wedding. I would much rather him not invite me because I would have felt obligated to buy him something. That's true. I don't want to buy him anything. That's fair. We've got Fantasy All-Stars today. We're going to quickly go over the weekend's news. We'll have all week. It's just one weekend's worth of games. But we're going to look ahead at the second half. We're going to look back uh, all week. But first... Sports trades are scary. We've got the trade deadline coming up, and one person can be replaced by another, exchanged for money, or given away for a hypothetical future person. Once they leave your team, you can't like them anymore, even if you have their jersey, which you can't wear anymore. Except to B-dubs, they won't judge, but others might. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports. Heath. Yes. Do you have any big news from the weekend? Big news from the weekend. Well, I was very sad about the Joe Ross injury. Yeah, that was one where I was I was actually watching that game. I turned it on right when he left because I saw on Twitter his velocity was way down. Yep. Uh, maxed out at about 90 miles per hour. This is a guy whose velocity has really fluctuated this season. Averaged 94 with his fastball last year, down to 92 this year. And he left Sunday's game with a triceps injury. Any news on that? I have not seen any good news on that yet. It's not like they've cleared him. They've not said, oh, it's catastrophic there's some speculation i i think we're probably gonna end up dropping joe ross again this will be like the fourth time he's either <laughs> been added or dropped this season but you've got too many guys on the disabled list to keep a borderline yeah. number four starter on your bench uh jason kipnis was placed on the dl with a hamstring injury Listen, he I suffered on saturday yeah, i don't want jason kipnis to be hurt but this is probably <laughs> the best thing that could have happened for his owners. You've been stuck with starting him and his terrible performance because his name was Jason Kipnis and yep. you didn't want to cut him. Now you can just cut him. He's been awful. Now he's hurt. I mean, I guess the good news with any of these injuries, Joe Ross, Jason Kipnis, Ryan Braun, Steven Strasburg also left games this weekend, is we do have the all-star break. They get five days off, especially for the guys. I think none of those guys. Steven Strasburg's in the all-star game, but his injury doesn't sound serious. Uh, he left Saturdays with a hip injury. He was hit by a comebacker, but... When asked if it would affect his availability for the All-Star game, I believe he just said no. Yeah. Uh, so. I, as far as pitcher injuries go, getting hit by something are about the best. <laughs> like, if you have an injury that we know was caused by a baseball hitting you. Until until you see the picture. of the, You ever see the pictures when the ball hits them and you can see the seam yeah. imprinted in their skin? That doesn't look like fun. Well, no, it doesn't look like fun, but it's probably like these guys are a lot tougher than... You are, for sure. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Maybe tougher than me, too. Definitely tougher than you. Probably tougher than me. Most of them. (laughs) Um, And potentially bad news, Ryan Braun left Saturday's game with a calf injury. It was the same calf that he's gone on the DL twice for this season. So we'll see. They don't expect it to be a long-term issue, but we've already seen this one kind of linger. The good news is, like we said, he gets the four days off for the All-Star break. So is he in the All-Star game? I don't well I don't believe he will be now. Okay. I don't believe he was selected either. Okay, so he hopes to be back for the start of the second half. Heath. Yes. It's time to stop sleeping on some players. There okay. are some guys that have been really good that we just haven't taken very seriously. Okay. I want you to tell me Should we should we call it the sleepometer? The sleepometer. Uh scale of 1 to 10, 1 is no, I'm going to keep sleeping. I'm sleeping beauty. Ten is you've got an IV full of caffeine and you haven't slept for six weeks. Okay. 
Chase DeJong. Okay. More of this Cardinals devil magic. He's been up for about 35 games, hitting 306 with a 581 slugging percentage. Saturday, he had four hits, three doubles, and a home run. I know you're really nervous wondering why I'm smiling so mischievously. I'm, I'm nervous for a lot of reasons, Heath. <laughs> uh, I thought Chase DeJong was a starter for the Mariners. Okay. And so I think the most impressive part of this whole thing is that he switched over to the National League, switched over to become a hitter, and is succeeding like this because he kind of sucked as a pitcher, just to be honest. I believe this Paul is DeJong. Paul DeJong. It is Cardinals Devil Magic. This is my favorite just, part of the podcast. Just to so tell far. you, I, I've been sleeping on Paul DeJong. You have Because I didn't realize didn't he was a person. Name. Yes, that's correct. Um, yeah, I, I, I always find these things more believable when they happen to the Cardinals because <laughs> these types of positive things always happen for the Cardinals. We did get burned we on Aladmus Diaz, the previous version of Paul DeJong. Well, and maybe Stephen Piscotti, even. Yeah. Um, Randall Gritchick. But you buy into it while it's happening. It's just not going to carry over to the next year. You look at what he did in the minor leagues. This was his second year in a row with an ISO of 200 or higher, so the pop is there. He's also struck out 25% of the time in AA and AAA. Not a great sign. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, we were definitely sleeping on Paul DeJong. We thought his first name was Chase. This might be the first time he's been mentioned on the podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I would say Chase DeJong is a zero on the <laughs> sleepometer. Paul is a 5.5. Thanks for that. No problem. Uh, what about Mike Clevenger? I've, and I, I'm pretty sure you've been in the same boat, just kind of disregarding him entirely. Yep. He's got a three ERA. He's striking out almost 10 batters per nine innings. He's got, he's made 11 starts in the majors. Are we sleeping on Mike Clevenger? Who had another good start this weekend? Well, he has both a FIP, all three, FIP, XFIP, and walks per nine are all above four this season. Uh, yeah, none of those are good. Although, I mean, a, a FIP around four is average. Yes. Um, I have probably slept on him as a streamable against good matchups and two-start pitcher. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're – like. I probably think if you go to my rankings and your rankings, maybe even Scott's rankings, Mike Clevenger is not in the top 100. I think he's in my top 100. I, I don't think he's in mine. So I'm sleeping on him to that extent. But I'm not, like, even now that I've realized this error, I'm not going to move him into my top seven. You're not five. jolting out of a out of a deep sleep to wake to, to pick him up? No, I'll give him, I'll give him a, a six. Six on the sleepometer. Gerardo Parra is six, 7 for 13 in three games since coming off the DL. He's now hitting 335 on the season. He was really disappointing in 2016, just never got over an ankle injury that lingered pretty much all season. He hit 253, but this was a guy two years ago who hit 291. We expected pretty big things from him playing in Coors Field, and now we're seeing it. What do you think of uh, Gerardo Parra? Well, I guess the big thing for Parra is that he played in, he started all three games. Ian Desmond being on the DL. Hit in the uh, middle of the order. And yeah. Desmond's going to be on the DL for a, a little while. David Dahl's going to be on the DL for the rest <laughs> of eternity. So, yeah, I think we're probably sleeping on Para as somebody that could be a top 60 outfielder. Okay. He could be a number five in, in Roto. I, in a standard. The thing is, he's not stealing bases. He has no steals. Right. He used to be like a 15 to 20 steal guy. But if he hits 300 yeah. with a 850 OPS, it doesn't really matter if he steals bases. Are we sleeping on Max Kepler? I, what did he do? Had a had a double and a triple on Sunday uh, against Baltimore. He's had he's got ten home runs, forty three runs, thirty nine RBI, and it just feels like we never really talk about him. He's just been solid all season. Well, I don't think the Twins like Max Kepler okay. very much. Um, I don't really like Max Kepler very much. I don't have a lot of room for an outfielder with a seven thirty, seven fifty OPS on any of my fantasy teams. Seven ninety. Seven. 788 this season, career 752. I mean, he's got 10 home runs. Just asking the question. Right. Uh, no, I'm zero. Okay, I'm if he, I mean, he, just, he might finish the season with like 20, 25 home runs, 80 to 90 runs, and RBI. That, he'd have to pick up his, uh, his run and RBI. A little bit. Yeah, I, I would guess he's going to finish right around 75 of each with 20 home runs, okay. and he's going to be a top 75 outfielder. 
have we been sleeping on Andrew Moore, who has three quality starts to open his major league career? Andrew Moore, starting pitcher, this one is with the Mariners. I don't think I've been sleeping on him because I was trying to put together a song, a parody song for the uh, podcast, and he was definitely a part of it. It was a Weezer song. <laughs> okay. He was going to replace the Mary Tyler Moore part. Okay. Um, listen, he's striking out like four batters per nine innings. Yeah. He's got a FIP of 5.72 in those three starts. FIP over that small of a sample size doesn't mean everything, but neither does a 3.86 ERA when you have like five strikeouts. Okay. So I will give Andrew Moore a three. Ian Kennedy. Yes. Royals legend. Of course Ian we're sleeping Kennedy. on him. We always sleep on the Royals. Has a 2.67 ERA yes. over his last five, getting a bunch of strikeouts, not walking many players, but... I think he did give up three, two home runs on uh, in his last start, but only three runs. Are we sleeping on Nick Ian Kennedy? I, last I looked, and I'm, I'm doing this right now. Yes, he has given up five, nine runs in his last five starts. Mm-hmm. He has given up six home runs. Yeah. So you could say he's been lucky because those home runs should have turned in more than nine runs. Yep. Or he's been unlucky because nobody should give up that many home <laughs> runs. In five starts. I mean, he pretty consistently gives up about 30 home runs a year, right? Um, I think that's probably not far off. He's someone who's going to give up a lot of home runs, even playing in uh, in Kauffman Stadium. Yeah, he had a stretch 26, 19, 28, 27, 16, 31, 33, 17. So he's right on pace. Yeah. He, he was due for a couple of home runs. That's not the way that it works, Chris. Have we been sleeping on Ian Kennedy? Yes. Is he someone who deserves to be owned in a 12-team league? Yes. Okay. He's a back-end-of-the-rotation guy, a top-60 starting pitcher. What about Nick Pavetta? Had a not very impressive start to his major league career. He's only 24% owned, but over his last five starts, he has four quality starts in that stretch, 35 strikeouts, 12 walks. He had nine strikeouts in, th- in seven innings in his most recent start. Is Nick Pavetta being overlooked uh what's his ownership percentage 24 percent. 24 percent. i think that's a little bit too low i don't know if i would go as high as 50 percent, but he's probably in the same range as like your buddy denelson lamette okay um or luis perdomo yeah those guys are 40 to 50 percent owned i think maybe yeah so so that to that extent if you're in anything deeper than a 12 team league yes he should be owned other than that it's it's gonna, gonna be dependent for me on his matchup that week uh, yeah, over the last five starts, he has these strikeout numbers. 9, 4, 3, 10, and 9. So that gives you a an idea of how inconsistent he's been. Well, in fairness, the 3 was only in 2 and 2 thirds innings. <laughs> That's true. Uh, because he gave up, what, 7 runs? Yes. Yeah. Let's move on to some stud pitchers, or guys we thought might be stud pitchers, who have not been, for the most part, some of them have been pretty good this season. Some of them have just been disastrous. Let's talk about studs being duds. Masahiro Tanaka looked like he was starting to turn things around. And then he gives up three, two more home runs to the Brewers on Sunday. Five earned runs in four and a third innings. What do we make of Masahiro Tanaka at this point? We're not allowed to worry about Masahiro Tanaka. Every time that he has a start like this, you guys tell me that he's going to be fine. And he's uh-huh. the guy you're least worried about. Yeah. So he's a top 25 starting pitcher, and it does not matter... How long has ERA stays above five? Why are you worried about him? Um, because he has a ERA of five four seven. Yep. He has a FIP of five zero three. What's his ex-FIP? He's it's three eight eight. Yeah. So he, if you want to go that far, then you would say he looks like a slightly above average pitcher. Okay. But we're consistently ranking him as a number two fantasy starter. Yeah. And I don't think a three eight 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 a three eight 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 ERA would get him into the top 25. And that's giving him credit for saying all of these home runs are yeah. bad luck. Some of them probably are. Some of the fact that he has a 71% strand rate probably is. But I'm not ready to say all of it. He's always been a high home run. or I guess he was in 2015. He really wasn't last year. Mm-hmm. The walk rate's higher, but not too bad. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably still fine as a number three, maybe maybe a number four. Okay. But you're not worried about him at all. Um, 
there are just there are other pitchers in the same preseason range that I'm more worried about. There, I just because his only issue is the home runs. Like the walk rate's a little higher, but for the most part, the home runs are the issue. If he gets the home runs under control, he's going to be fine. Um, fine, and that's Not necessarily good. Well, fine. Like if he's a a plus uh, a strikeout per inning plus guy, which he has been this season. In fi- just to be clear, he's been a strikeout per inning guy mm-hmm. because the innings have gone a little longer. His sure. strikeout percentage is twenty three point two. Yep, that's above average. It was twenty two point eight. Yep. Um, I just you know I, I look I can look at some like he looks a lot like a slightly worse Chris Archer right now, and Chris Archer's still borderline number one for you, right? Uh, I think I've, Archer's a top fifteen starting pitcher for me. Yeah, and so that's. That's where it comes for me is that it's just like it just seems to be a couple of pitches every start that are going out of the park and we saw over the previous I think three starts that he had gotten that under control hadn't allowed a home run and all of a sudden he looked great. I will say that Archer's three years in a row now been at ten point four Ks per mm-hmm. hundred better and he has a three nine five ERA which is worse than Tanaka's xFIP but he also has a three one six FIP and a three four four xFIP. Um. Listen, I, like I said, I, I'm not worried enough to where I'm talking about. Who are you more wor- Who are you more worried about, Masahiro Tanaka or John Lester, who was struck for s- four earned runs, I think ten runs total in two thirds of an inning. Yeah, that was a that was a weird. There were some defensive miscues. The Cubs are just so weird. I just keep expecting they're going to go on a stretch where they just win all yeah. of their games for a month or something. But it's not like this is the first time. That he's struggled. He gave up five earned runs in the start before this, but before that, it was four really good starts in a row. I'm not that worried about Lester. Okay. I I like him as a like. I don't think there are twelve number ones, but if I had to list twelve number ones, he'd probably be one of them. Who do you like more, Jimmy Nelson or Taiwan Walker? Uh, I've got Jimmy Nelson higher in my rankings now. Uh, he. Gave up three runs in five innings against the Yankees. Cruised through the first three innings and then really ran into trouble. I think he gave up three home runs. So well, and then I think he also had like he had a three-run homer that was originally called a home run, and then it turned out it just was just foul. Okay, I think he he might have gotten lucky. Maybe. Okay, but he's been he's been so good for such a long time. He's been and like he's been watching really him. Good, but like, I made a point to watch him yesterday and. Even when he was struggling, the stuff looks really good. Yeah, it's just like this start was five innings, three runs. Mm-hmm. He had an amazing stretch, but now his last six, he has another with. He's got three of his last six are less than six innings with at least okay. three runs. So the shine may be coming off just a little bit. I still like Nelson in the number three, number four range. I think instead of asking him or Taiwan Walker, the more interesting one is do you like him or Masahiro Tanaka more? Okay, who do you like more? That one is tough. I think they're I, both top 30 pitchers for me. I I believe I'm going to have to go with uh, with Nelson. Okay. Nelson over Tanaka. Jeff Hoffman struggled a little bit, gave up four and runs, only had two strikeouts. But on the season, and that was a start at course, he went seven innings. That's a good start at course field. Oh, yeah. Um, he's got a 415 ERA, a 129 whip, 50 strikeouts, 16 walks, and 56 and a third. How much worse is he than John Gray at this point? He's looking pretty similar. I guess yeah. I've, we've seen Gray do it for longer, so mm-hmm. I trust more but in Gray. Almost a comparable prospect uh, pedigree for right. Hoffman. Right, yeah. I, I need to move Hoffman up in my rankings just a little bit. I don't trust him as much as I trust Gray, but yep. he should be higher than... <sighs> We talked about Lamette earlier. He's probably in that same oh, range. I think he's higher than Lamette. So Lamette is still. I'm still projecting. Like, I guess if, if Jeff Hoffman pitched at Petco, it'd be a no-brainer. Right. But the course thing, yeah. I feel like is the same type of explosive, explosive, explosibility. Okay. Ex- he's going to get exposed. Yeah. As uh, Lamette has just anywhere. Jeff, uh, Jacob Degrom and Carlos Martinez both gave. I think they gave up six home runs combined between them in a in a start against each other on Friday. Right. That was disappointing, but I don't. There's nothing there, right? No, I don't really care. It's just a juice ball. They're fine. Yes, that's not juiced. It's manipulated in other ways, right? Well, we'll find out on Tuesday when we talk to uh, the Ringers' Ben Lindbergh. Sounds good. What do you do with Stephen Matz at this point? 
He has 23 strikeouts in 38 and a third innings. Before yesterday started, I actually been fine. His numbers had been great. He still got a 3.05 ERA, but his swing strike rate is like five percent. Yeah, you should have sold him before yesterday's start. It feels a lot like Dylan Bundy, who just can't get anybody out now. Yeah. Um, I I would still be looking to sell based on the 3.05 ERA, and I like I still like him as a top 40 starting pitcher. Yeah, I think he's a borderline guy for me there, and I might move him down. You'd rather have Tanaka than Mats? Yeah. For sure. Mm, I think I would, too, but they're in the same range for me. And how good is Luis Castillo? Is he in the Jeff Hoffman, Denelson Lamette range? He had eight strikeouts, only one walk. He is not in the studs being duds. He's a stud being a stud, if you think he's a stud. Well, he might be, a, yeah. The funny thing is, I had somebody, because he pitched yesterday, yep. and I had somebody ask me, should I start Luis Castillo at Arizona? And I said he no. put together two really good starts against the Rockies and Diamondbacks on the road just now. Yes, I, I said no, and so later in the evening, I got a, uh, a tweet saying, thanks for the call on Luis Castillo, and I thought it was the same guy being snarky, <laughs> but it was actually somebody else saying, thanks for telling me to pick him up. Yeah, on the waiver wire column. No, he's had at least eight strikeouts in three of his last in three of his four starts. All three of his last three starts. His stuff is really impressive. Right. I would. Uh, I'd put him above the Lamette category. I would keep him outside of the top forty. I might go all in. Go. I might put him in the top thirty-six. Well, you've I'm got James really Tyone like eighteenth, so you might get it. He's like twenty-sixth. Calm down. Okay. I, I just really like Luis Castillo, a, a pitcher that young who can throw almost 100, who also has a devastating changeup. It just it seems like he could be a guy who just really outperforms his minor league numbers. He could be. Heath. Yes. Keep an eye on Victor Caratini just because he's a catcher. That's okay. pretty much it. He had three hits, uh, came into the game yesterday. I think in like the second inning after the Cubs got blown out, they just took all the starters out. They brought in the B squad. But he had three hits, including two doubles, had his first RBI. Hasn't been playing much, but if he gets two or three starts a week, he could be relevant. He had a high 700s OPS in the upper minors, so just keep an eye on him. I'll keep an eye on him in my NL only league. Okay, news and notes. Dallas Keuchel threw off a mound for the first time on Sunday. He'll likely need one to two rehab starts before coming back, so I would guess not right after the All-Star break, but... Maybe another week or two. Mike Trout will be back after the All-Star break. His rehab assignment ended today on Monday. The Yankees option Jordan Montgomery to AAA. Don't worry, he'll be back at the All-Star break. Michael Conforto returned from the DL. To sit on the bench against a terrible right-handed pitcher. Like, I don't yeah. know what the problem is with the Mets, but... Terry Collins doesn't seem to believe in him. No. He never has, and it's really frustrating. I think he's not their best hitter, but he might be their best hitter. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> the Yankees are pursuing a trade for Justin Bohr. That would be super fun. A pool-heavy left-hander playing at Yankee Stadium. be even better if he went to a stadium that had a pool. He's heavy everywhere, Heath, is the joke you should have gone with, whether he's in a pool or not. Uh, Jamison Tyone was scratched from Sunday's start with flu-like symptoms. Daniel Norris will not throw during the All-Star break, so he's still a ways away. Tommy Pham left Sunday's game with tightness in his left hip. The Padres are open to trading pretty much anyone, Brand yep. Hand, Brandon Maurer, and Trevor Cahill, uh, notably mentioned in an ESPN report. And Clayton Kershaw will not pitch in the first series after the All-Star break in Miami. He made, I think, 18 starts before the break. So they're just trying to limit his innings. I think he pitched, I think he pitched more innings in the first half than he ever had before the All-Star break. So just, uh, I guess you... If your your week starts, if you're just doing the three game week, which you shouldn't, right? You're a monster. Some if you people do. might be though; they don't have choices. Um, do we have any leagues like that? Um, I would. I think what Scott has done is made two five game weeks. That's weird. Yeah, five day weeks. It really weird. Um, but I, if you're, I believe the rest of them are ten days. If you're playing in a uh, a three game week, just know you probably can't start Clayton Kershaw. That's why you don't play in a three-game week. All right, we're going to move on to Fantasy All-Stars soon. But first, buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every MLB game all season long. 
With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Be there in person for the best plays of the year and let SeatGeek get you closer to the action for a great value. I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I actually just bought tickets on SeatGeek. Uh, bought my in-laws tickets to see Paul McCartney last week. It was very nice. They had a great time. Paul McCartney, 75 years old, playing 39 songs. Yeah, I went Don't and saw a Beatles tribute band over the weekend. Okay. It was free. Like Beatles brunch or something? No. Okay. <laughs> Best of all, Fantasy Baseball Today listeners get 10%, $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase, excuse me. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code Fantasy Today. That's promo code Fantasy for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. And whoever invented summer was obviously a sports fan. They didn't even try to hide it. They gave us playoff hockey, playoff basketball, the opening of both soccer and baseball. It's a clear display of favoritism, and the other seasons didn't stand a chance. With three months of clutch playoff drama and the awakening of new seasons, it's clearly the work of a sports fan. They may as well have called it sports season. In fact, at Buffalo Wild Wings, they do call it sports season. Don't ever call it summer because that's not what it is. It's sports season. They're just waiting on the legal change. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Okay. Fantasy All-Stars. Heath. Yes. Did you do any research? For the Fantasy All-Stars? Yeah. Well, I, I have selected the correct team. I hope that you will just agree to all of it and we can move on. I mean, we want the section to last a little long. We've got like 20 minutes so left. So you're just going to make bad arguments so that we don't agree. Sure. I have the right team. I'm skeptical. Okay. That's all I'll say. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to build a head-to-head points type lineup, catcher, first base, etc. Okay. Four starting pitchers, two relief pitchers. We'll start with the catcher. I think there's an obvious call here. Yeah. But I guess you have to get into the philosophical debate, right? Okay. Do you just pick the best player? Whoever the best player was, you don't care about anything else? Just the best player? Okay. Or do you pick the best value? I, I think you can... At you catcher, can do either one. The good thing about catcher is it's the same person. It's the same person. Yes, it is. So who's unfortunately, the he plays for your favorite team. I I really try not to have favorite teams. I try to be an objective <laughs> journalist. Sure you do. When it comes to evaluating fantasy, and um, it's quite clear that Salvador Perez with eighteen Salvadongs, which I think leads the position. 57 RBI, which also leads the position, and 235 fantasy points, which leads He's the position. number one in head-to-head and Roto. It's, yeah, it's much closer in head-to-head because yes. he doesn't walk. In Roto, it's not that close. He's number one. Now, the obvious question with Salvador Perez yes. is now the perfect time to trade him. I... I think it probably is, yes. If you could trade him for Gary Sanchez, I would love to do that in either format. Do you have – is Perez in your top three at catcher now? Um, I believe he is because I dropped LaCroix behind him. Yeah, that's the same move that I made. I believe so Perez is number three in both. Posey, Sanchez, Perez. Now, for his career, he has a 784 OPS in the first half of the season. 703. In the second half. So if it's only an 80-point drop, and he's got an 851 for the first half this year, you'd expect a 770 in the second half, which is still a top-five catcher. Now, the question is, is it a percent drop? I think it's a percent. Percent drop's fine, too. Because that's more like 85 points. If he's over 750 OPS in the second half, you're starting him and happy. But, yeah, he's he's the obvious choice in the first half as the fantasy all-star catcher. Lock him in. Yes. There's a much more interesting debate to be had at first base. I'll give you my choice. Okay. I'm going to go with Ryan Zimmerman. You're going to go with Ryan Zimmerman. There have been better players at first base, but only two of them. This is really the worst choice. Why? Um, There have been multiple better players at first base. There have been two better players at first base in Roto. By by what measurement? In Roto. Okay. Um, I'm not sure in head-to-head. Yeah, in head-to-head, he ranks... Because I thought we were in a head-to-head lineup. Yeah, but I'm still... In head-to-head, he ranks seventh. Okay. In Roto that counts OBP instead of average, he's fifth. Okay. There is a guy that was basically the same cost or probably cheaper 
that is ahead of him in both of those formats. Who's that? Travis Shaw. Okay. So, like, if you were going with the best player, you'd have a really tough argument. Because Votto has been better yeah. in points. Goldschmidt's been better in Roto. Mm-hmm. Votto was a round and a half cheaper. I mean, Votto's just... And you love Joey Votto. He's outstanding. Yes. He's an incredible player. The only thing... All right, here, here's the thing. Travis Shaw's the only one of those players that's eligible at two positions. Right. Do you want to make the argument for him here? Or do you want to make the argument for him at third base? I think Travis Shaw should probably play both both positions. That's not going to work. He can't be first and third uh, base. I don't think he moves that fast. I don't know. He has seven stolen bases. <laughs> okay. So, I... My thought would be, if we're not going with the best value of the position, we should go with the best player. Okay. So it comes down to Goldschmidt or Votto. Yeah. <laughs> like, Paul Goldschmidt has probably... He's been the best first-rounder, right? The best first-rounder. I guess Jose Altuve is probably right up there with him. Uh, but Trout being injured, Bryant being a little bit disappointing. Uh, Mookie's been pretty much what you expect i guess yeah i mean in in a points league goldschmidt is the highest scoring player that had a first round 80 okay uh so that would make him the best first rounder i believe so what do you want to go with i'm gonna go with the guy that scored 10 more points but was taking the second Votto? round okay like he was a round cheaper i'm fine with that what about at second base you love joey Votto. second base is a it. really interesting one because this is another one do you go with the best player or do you go with the best value? And we've got another player that's eligible at two positions. Yep. Uh, three positions. Three positions, yeah. Yes. H- Jose Ramirez, who's scored 14 less fantasy points than Jose Altuve and was taken eight rounds later. And this is where it really gets into the best player or the best value. I mean, Jose Ramirez has clearly, like, if you drafted Jose Ramirez or you drafted Jose Altuve, right. you're in a much better spot if you draft Ramirez. Just all other things being equal on your team? Yes. I really wanted to make the case for Anthony Rizzo just to make you mad. Yeah, we're not going to do that because he hasn't been the best second baseman. He's been He's maybe been the top best. five. Okay. That's um, fine. Not the best. No. Not a great value. No. I would go with Jose Ramirez over Altuve. Okay. What do you think? I'm fine with it. It's just we have two other opportunities to get Jose Ramirez in the lineup. Well, he's, we're, we've already chosen our third baseman. Uh, I don't think we have. <laughs> I have an obvious one at shortstop as well. This is one where Carlos whoa, Correa... Whoa, whoa, whoa. This Adam Azer. And Azer doesn't like this, but it goes first, second, third short. You come back to the shortstop. Because <sighs> it's five? Because it's six. Or the five six, is yeah. third. <laughs> so who's your third baseman? Uh, my third base... Well, we chose Jose Ramirez for second base? Yes. So my third baseman would be Travis Shaw. Okay. Is he in points? Because I know in Roto, Jake Lamb's higher ranked. He has... He has, Jake Lim has scored five more points than Travis Shaw. But probably Travis had a much lower ADP. Yes. Travis Shaw w- went undrafted in any of our drafts where I didn't draft him. Because I got made fun of on the podcast because I guaranteed I was going to draft Travis Shaw. And there yeah, was so Travis many- Shaw was drafted 200 spots later, <laughs> according to Fantasy Pro's <laughs> ADP. So we'll go with the number four guy at the position. Nolan Arenado, it's worth noting, just having another Nolan Arenado season. He's number two at the position. Yes. Uh, Jose Ramirez is the number two second baseman, the number one third baseman in Roto, probably a top five outfielder. He's just having a special season. Is he really this good, though? I don't think he's quite this good. I don't necessarily buy the power explosion. I think he might be a guy that hits 60 doubles one year <laughs> because I, I do think he has the... Uh, he's on pace for about 52. Right, and I think some of those home runs probably should have been doubles. Okay. So... I. Now, here, here's the difficult question. Yes. Jose Ramirez uh-huh. or Francisco Lindor? Um, well, if Ramirez you're doing, is an all-star. Where do you have them ranked right now? Do you have Lindor higher than Ramirez still? They are not eligible at the same position. Ramirez is shortstop eligible. That's no. Right. Yeah, but you do your trade chart. Who's yeah, higher? I think in the trade chart, Lindor is still ranked higher because he's shortstop eligible. Okay. Um, but Ramirez has been much, much, much better. He's hitting 332 with just a 339 BABIP. Right. That's that's outstanding. I just realized how inconsistent I'm going to be 
with this best player. Or well, because you wanted value. to get Travis Shaw in your lineup. Well, you no, to. we st- it started with the. Um, I guess he's is he the one that we've chosen that was not the best player in his position? No, we chose Ramirez at second. Ramirez and Votto. Yeah, Votto's the best at his position in points. Yes, this is a points lineup. I think there's an obvious call at shortstop. Let's see if you agree. Carlos Correa and uh, Corey Seager have both been fantastic. They're both top four at the position. Uh, in Roto, probably in head-to-head too. Carlos Correa having the breakout season that everybody hoped for. Yeah. But he's not the number one player at the position. He is in points by 30 fantasy points. That's a lot. Which is a lot. It's a big difference in points because Elvis Andrews has 20 stolen bases, and yeah. we know what our Roto formula says about stolen bases. Well, let's be clear. It's not just that. If he has a 20-40 season while hitting 300, that's first-round value. Um, yeah, I think I think it is. But if Carlos Correa scores 120 runs, drives in 130, yeah. and hits 40 home good. runs while hitting 325, yeah, that's pretty good. At shortstop, that's probably the second overall pick next year. Like yeah, he, I mean that's basically Manny Machado. Yeah, in a better lineup, right? Um. I, I would be very happy with either Correa or Elvis Andrews. I I don't have a problem with either selection that you want to make. I'm, I'm going with Elvis you. Andrews. You're going with Elvis Andrews. Okay. So the infield, Car- Salvador Perez, Joey Votto, Jose Ramirez, Travis Shaw, and Elvis Andrews. Yep. I think that's a great infield. That is not the infield we would have put, picked before the season. and None of those players. And um, I don't think at outfield either. I don't think it's going to be anybody, anyone obvious at outfield preseason. Well, it, it's going to depend. Okay. Like, I think when Let's you... Let's lock in the first spot. When you look at points, Aaron Judge is... The, yeah. He's the best player in fantasy right now. Yes. And he's scored... By a mile. I don't know about by a mile, but... What's his leading points over the, the outfield? Uh, 20. So, n- not as big as Correa's lead at shortstop. Yeah, but shortstop stinks. Um, and... Like, the lead that Votto and Goldschmidt have over everyone else at first base is 50. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. But, yes, he's been exceptional, and he's done it in less than, like, not quite a full season. Yeah. So, I, he's in no matter what. After that. I think there's an obvious number two. You think there's an obvious number two, and I assume that it's a Marlin. No. Okay. Is it Charlie Blackman? No. Is it George Springer? It is George Springer. He's He was taken, and I'm probably going to need some help with his ADP. 34. I, I had him ranked as a second-round pick. He was number 34 in fantasy. Not to bring ADP. up the fact that I was right about George Springer. Okay. But 34, Blackman was basically first round, yep. so the nine points don't really matter. I'll put Springer in the outfield with Judge. I still think I'd probably go Blackman third. He's the number two outfielder. I had two choices for the third spot. Uh, Blackman's number three in Roto. Marcelo Zuna's number five. Marcelo Zuna was drafted 164th. Overall. Yeah, he scored 47 less fantasy points yeah. in a points format. Um, but I, if you need to get a little homer out. Go well, ahead. no, I, I guess my thing is just that we're going with the the best player for the first two. It's got a little value in there. Um. We we can do that, and then we can just make Charlie Blackman our utility. Well, that's that's the interesting one because we left off Paul Goldschmidt. That's true. We left off Ryan Zimmerman, who's been a great value. You know, Ryan Zimmerman was being drafted in. His value is really not as great in points. Okay, he was drafted two spots higher than Travis Shaw. On average. Yeah, yeah, he's. Basically, he scored one more fantasy point than Logan Morrison. Okay. Um, so Logan Morrison was being drafted pretty late, too. Right. Um, Let's go with... All right, Blackman or Goldschmidt? I would choose Blackman if I was building a fantasy lineup because I'd rather my utility be an outfielder because he can cover me at three different spots. Okay. And Goldschmidt can only cover you at first base. Okay. That kind of not... Not the best I'm logic. A fantasy All Star lineup. Uh, okay, so our hitters: Salvador Perez, Joey Votto, Jose Ramirez, Travis Shaw, Travis Shaw, Elvis Andrus, Aaron Judge, George Springer, Marcelo Zuna, and Charlie Blackman. You got okay, four outfielders. Like, in Travis there. Shaw. Okay, that, it was a surprise. 
But Elvis Andrews was too. It's not like, like he was some fantasy star before the season. <sighs> Travis Shaw. Travis Shaw is amazing. Let's move on to the starting pitching staff. We've got four starting pitcher spots, and it might make sense to bump it up to five just because there are three such obvious choices. Like, as much as I harp on the unpredictability of pitching, mm-hmm. the top three have been exactly what we thought in pretty much the order we thought. And they've outscored everyone else by 70 fantasy points. <laughs> so, yes, Kershaw, Scherzer, and Sale are all in the rotation. Locked in. Uh, is Scherzer number one in points? No, Scherzer is 42 points behind Clayton Kershaw. Really? Yes. Is there a big gap in wins there? Because Scherzer's number one in Roto. Yes, Kershaw is 14-2. and two. Scherzer is 10-5. and five. Scherzer's been better in basically every other way. Yep. Uh, except Kershaw made one more start. Yeah, that'll do it. So he went four more innings. But yes, uh, that's and that again. Oh, Kershaw is the number one pitcher in Roto now too. Goes to show you that wins and losses are dumb. The worst. I mean, it's really just the extra start. No, because he's thrown four more innings. Yeah. Scherzer has fourteen more strikeouts. Yeah. He has an ERA that's better, a WHIP that's better, and he's forty fantasy points behind Kershaw. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean that's. Probably close to one start, though, right? Um, They're probably averaging 35 fantasy points per start or something, right? I don't think it's quite that high. Okay. Scherzer is averaging 23.4 fantasy points per start. Okay. Kershaw is averaging probably around 24.4 fantasy points per start. Okay. But the... Scherzer should be 20 to 30 points ahead of Kershaw. All right. They've both been phenomenal. Now, do we want to make an executive decision and go with another starting pitching spot? So we're going to do five now? I mean... And then Scott's going to come in with his all-star team yeah. later and be mad because he doesn't have an extra pitcher? Probably. Here's Scott never gets mad. Scott keeps cool. Yo. <laughs> uh, this is going to be tough. Yeah, that's why... There's there's some really good value options. I think there's three really good value options. And the number four starting pitcher in Roto is also a great value. Zach Reinke. Yeah. He's number four in points as well. And was a probably a fifth round pick. The thing is, Grinky has outscored <sighs> Irvin Santana and Jason Vargas, who are basically tied by forty fantasy points. So basically by one point two points per start. Okay. Those guys were drafted. I mean, Vargas was even not after drafted, Santana. Yeah, I don't think Vargas was drafted. No. So he's not in the fantasy pros ADP, which is 415 players deep. If we're going to go with five, then I personally would go Kershaw, Scherzer, Sale. Let me say this correctly Scherzer, Kershaw, Sale, to give him credit. Alex Wood and Jason Vargas. That's the one we didn't mention, Alex Wood. Another guy who was basically not drafted, 378. Uh, Granky's the only one of that group who was who was drafted in your typical head-to-head league. Uh, right. Santana has about a 280 ADP. So does Alex Wood, or 380 for Alex Wood. Jason Vargas not drafted. So which one did you go with? I was going with Wood and Vargas. <sighs> yeah, Vargas is the best value. Uh, Irvin Santana has half a fantasy point more than Jason Vargas, but he also made one more start. And Granky's 40 points clear. Grinky has 40 points clear. He was an eighth-round pick. Okay. That's pretty stellar value at the starting pitcher position. That's been a guy that we had a lot of question marks coming into the season with. And is he in your top ten now? Uh, He's been – yeah. Yeah, I think he is. I mean, there's an argument to be made for him top five with Dallas Keuchel on the DL. And Dallas Keuchel obviously would have been on there if not for the injury. Yeah, I've got Grinky eighth. Um, he has his highest K per nine since 2011. He has his lowest walks per nine. Well, 2015 was when he had a lower one, so not that long ago. But 286 ERA, 316 FIP, 313 XFIP. There's no reason to doubt it with Zach Reinke, right? No, I don't have any reason to doubt it at all. I just – the value difference is so great between those other guys. And we already went with the top three starting pitchers, so I feel like four and five should be values. Zach Reinke is a value. Okay, we'll go with Jason Vargas. Managed to get two Royals on there. And Do you choose Alex me. Wood or Irvin Santana? It's Alex Wood. I'm going with Alex Wood. Okay. He's been, he's been arguably the best starting pitcher in baseball on a per inning basis. Okay. If not for that, 
DL Stanton May, he would be a number one pitcher. He's number five in Roto despite a DL Stanton. And not opening the season in the rotation, right? Uh, correct. So, yeah. I, he's only made 13 starts. Yeah, he's been. And the fact that he's top five in Roto and, what, seven in head-to-head? Would? Yeah. No, he's like 15th. Okay. What about relief pitcher? I think there's this is one where there's an obvious value call. Greg Holland. Yep. Lock him in the first spot. And then Kimbrell and Jansen, I don't know how you would choose between the two of them. They're both having historic seasons. Yes. Uh, Kenley Jan, did he walk someone finally? Yes. He has one walk? Uh, yes, he has two. <laughs> Slumping. Which, Kimbrell only has five. Yeah, uh, 57 strikeouts to two walks for Kenley Jansen. He has a .96 ERA. He's got a 143 batting average against. He's been just absolutely unhittable. The best version. Like, he's been... Do I go with the sacrilege? He's been Mariano Rivera? He's been a better Mariano Rivera this season. Mariano Rivera never had a season this good. Um, well, and, like, Kimbrell has a better strikeout rate and a lower whip. So How does he have a lower whip? Does he have, like, a <laughs> negative whip? Uh, 0.50. Kenley Jansen's 0.56. That's... So you, you could make an argument that Kimbrell has been better than Jansen. Kenley Jansen has been the number one... Uh, reliever and Roto. Kimbrell Kimbrell's number points. two. Roberto Zuna's number three. Greg He's Holland's number four in Roto. Yeah. Well, in points, Holland is third behind Kimbrell and Jansen. And Roberto Zuna's having himself an outstanding season, too. He's he got is. three walks to 47 strikeouts. Can we just talk about Wade Davis for a second? Sure. Because it's kind of funny that I was so far wrong about Wade Davis and yeah. having him as an elite closer. But it's because his team sucks. Yeah. And not well, you said he was going to get 50 saves. He's, I did. He needs 34 in the second half. He does. But he's also thrown 30 innings with a 1.80 ERA. He's been very good, Heath. He's been phenomenal. 43 strikeouts and 30 innings. But he can't make the team. I'm going to go Kim- Kimbrell and Holland. This is another one where I'd love to have that extra spot just because I mean, Hol- Holland's been it. great. But, like, does it really make that much? Yeah, I mean, Holland... Was probably one of the last closers taken in your leagues. Uh, he was going after Jim Johnson. <laughs> yeah, he was 226. So he was after Ryan Madsen, Brandon Maurer. <sighs> Ryan Madsen, Blake Trinan, and Brandon Maurer were the three closers taken ahead of him. And Brandon Maurer has been fine. Yeah. The other guys, not so much. Um, yeah, he's been an outstanding value. So, all right, so the pitching staff, Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw, Chris Sale, Alex Wood, Jason Vargas, Greg Holland, and Ke- Craig Kimbrell. Who on this all-star team do you think, in, the, in that pitching staff, won't keep it up in the second half? Who's uh, the most likely to be a sell-high candidate? Jason Vargas. Jason Vargas, yeah. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Greg Holland, mm-hmm. I would say. And I still, like, I like Alex Wood a lot. He's been phenomenal. I don't want to doubt him keeping this up. I still doubt him staying healthy. Okay. So I would say in that order, Vargas, Holland, Kim. No, Vargas, Holland, Wood. And in the hitters, Perez, Votto, Jose Ramirez, Travis Shaw, Elvis Andrus, Aaron Judge, George Springer, Marcelo Zuna, and Charlie Blackman, who are the three best sell-high candidates in that group? I don't. I don't know. I mean, Shaw, I don't feel like anybody's going to give you much for him. Yeah. Like, nobody seems to really be buying that much into Travis Shaw. I think Scott and I just barely moved him into the top 12 recently. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would say that Shaw, fall, maybe Ramirez, actually. Okay. Because I buy Shaw's power more than I buy Ramirez's power. And I feel like more people are buying into what Ramirez is doing. Yep. And he's actually been slightly better than Shaw. So Speed I'll doesn't s- slump, Heath. I'll say Ramirez, then Shaw, then Ozuna. I don't. I still. I just. I don't know what to make of Marcelo Ozuna. Right. Just as a Marlins fan, I don't think he's this good. It's two first halves in a row where he's been one of the best outfielders in baseball. He's been even better this year. And I just don't know how to how to balance the fact that he hurt his wrist last year and that coincided with the slump versus he was going to have some natural regression anyway. 
Yeah, he's not a 362 BABIP guy. No. Uh, career is probably like 320. Yep. So you've probably got to project him to be a 280 hitter. But the plate discipline has really improved. I just uh, don't know. Is he a top 15 outfielder for you? Um, No. Okay. And like the plate discipline, the walk rate has improved yeah. this year. The strikeout rate's gone back to where it was two years ago. Okay. He's just hitting the crap out of the ball. Well, and that's that's something that you see sometimes is that you trade contact for power. Right. And that's not necessarily a bad thing to do. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't get a sense for him, and I don't, I don't want to buy in too hard because then I'll be a homer. I don't want to be too critical because then I'll be one of those awful homers who hates their team. You, you are both from time to time. Yeah, I just I don't know what to make of him, and I think that makes him a sell-high candidate for yep. me. But he is, I think, top 10 in hard hit rate this season. He's been exceptional. Yeah, I would, uh, I'd say that was because I feel like too many people know that Salvador Perez, yeah. the second half thing. But like I said, if you could get Gary Sanchez for him, I'd do it. Heath. Yeah. That's going to be doing it for the show. All but right. Who wins the home run derby tonight? Mike Mustakas. You just had to go with the homer pick. Uh, Mike Mustagas and Justin Bohr, I love them both. Right. I love Husky fellas doing athletic things. There's no way they win the home run. Can we mark that and just, like, save it for the highlight show? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, I feel kinship to them. I understand. To them both. Um, You know, I I like any player who basically looks like me if I worked out for three months. Um, But they're going to run out of steam. They don't get the stamina. I think you're underestimating Mike Moustakas' stamina. I don't know how you go against uh, either Giancarlo Stan or Aaron Judge. I don't know how you pick the, between them. I expect the Marlins guys to choke under the pressure <laughs> of playing in front of more than 10,000 fans. It's going to be too loud in there for them. There's going to be all these people. Or you're not, I'm not used to these people looking at me. I don't appreciate it. Giancarlo Stanton won the home run derby last year in a packed house. Uh, so... I don't want to hear it, Heath. Okay. Unfair. I'm going with Stanton. I'll make the homer pick since you made your homer pick. That's going to do it for us on Monday. We will be back every day this week with podcasts. We've got all kinds of stuff going on. Scott will be back on Wednesday. We've got all kinds of guests. So uh, stick with us through the All-Star break, and we'll see you later. Bye.